Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Ridge Runner Sports Podcast. My name is Mike and I'm glad to have you here. Today is Monday, December the 3rd, first Monday of the month of December of 2018. We're glad to have you here. And before we begin today, we'd like to send our condolences out to the family of former President George Herbert Walker Bush, who unfortunately passed away last Friday at the age of 94 at his home in the Houston, Texas area. So to the family, our condolences and well wishes. Uh, the funeral we uh, know of, uh, the national funeral, is going to be held in Washington on this Wednesday. And uh, they will have a uh, final service back in Houston on sometime on Thursday. So again, to the family of George Herbert Walker Bush, the 41st President of the United States, uh, we're saddened at the loss, but uh, we do some our commemorations and our uh, well wishes to the Bush family. All right, let's talk about some more pleasant things, and that would be high school sports. First of all, we're going to talk about the playoffs, semifinal round of Class 2A. We only had one team, well, actually two teams left in the area, and they're both from the same district, and that's 2A4. Uh, the district champion, Metro Christian, they played at Sepulpa against a very good Beggs team. And in the other semifinal, of course, our local team was the Adair Warriors, and they played in Claremore against the Sperry Pirates. So, uh, we'll take a look at these scores here in just a second and see what happened. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the first scores of the year and the continuation of the schedule for the first part of the season for the Grove Varsity Basketball. We do have the first few games already played. Uh, we played two games already. We'll play one this coming Friday. I'll tell you about that here in a minute. And uh, all of that. Also, we are going to add onto this podcast our very first In Focus program. Our first In Focus is going to be talking about the F-4 fighter jet plane out at the Grove Airport. We did a whole 10, 12 minutes on this, so we're going to add it to the end of this, ep- or to the end of this episode because this is going to be a short podcast. So this whole podcast is going to be about 20, 21 minutes. This will be the longest podcast I've ever done. But anyway, let's get talking about high school football. Class 2A semifinals. We had the two games, as we just mentioned. Let's start with the game between the Tulsa Metro Christian Patriots and the Beggs Golden Demons. Uh, This was a pretty good football game. It wasn't actually too bad. Uh, Very close all the way through. I think it was close at halftime as well. But in the end, Beggs come back to beat Tulsa Metro Christian 33-28. 3328 Beggs Golden Demons over the Metro Christian Patriots. Now, the reason we're telling you that score is because in the second semifinal, it was a local team playing, and that was the Adair Warriors. They played against the Tulsa area team, the Sperry Pirates. And uh, this also was uh, supposed to be a pretty good game. You know, when you get in these semifinal games, they're not really much of blowouts, but boy, this was. And. Uh, I think at halftime it was 41 to 6. But in the end, it ended up being 58 to 6. Sperry over Adair. So, commemorations to Adair on their great season. Also, the Tulsa Metro Christian. But they're both out of the playoffs. And that was the top. In fact, that was the number one and two team in Class 2A4. So, they're out. So, it will be Beggs and Sperry 
playing for that title this next weekend. Now, for our football coverage, we're all done. All the teams in Northeast Oklahoma have all been knocked out of the playoffs. And, of course, in Southwest Missouri last week, we had Webb City, Mount Vernon, and Lamar all lose. So no more football. We're done with football for this year. So now it's just on to more sports. And speaking of that, we're going to be talking now about Grove Varsity Basketball. They played two games this last week. They played on November 27th, which was Tuesday, and then on Friday, November 30th. So let's take a look at those games. The first of those was a home matchup to begin the season with the Glenpool Warriors, and both the girls and the boys won their games. The girls win 58-22. The boys win by one point on a pair of three throws. Well, actually, one out of two three throws was made with two seconds to go. Grove wins that game 48-47. So they start out both 1-0. Then they went down to Telequal Friday night. November 30th, and they played against the Telequal Tigers. And uh, the girls come out with a six-point win in that game, 49-43. to Lady Ridge Runners, so far 2-0. But the boys, well, they, they struggled a little bit, but they didn't do too well at the end. They lose by 11 points, 70-59. to 70-59 loss for the boys over Telequal Tigers, and that evens their record at 1-1. One and, one. and, of course, as I said, the girls, 2-0. Big game coming up Friday, December 7th. Unfortunately, that's Pearl Harbor Day. But it will be a battle at Ridge Runner Gymnasium this Friday night. Go out and see it. It's going to be a big one. It's a Delaware County rivalry. Jay Bulldogs come to town to play the Grove Ridge Runners. That should be a really good game. JV games start with girls at 4, JV boys at 5, varsity girls at 6, and around 7.30 will be the varsity boys. So be sure to go out there and check it out. Okay, now, upcoming schedule for varsity basketball. Tuesday, December 11th, away games at Collinsville. Same times as I just mentioned for Jay, for the Jay games. In fact, same times for all the games this year. And then uh, the following weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend, the next weekend, we'll be talking about more about this next week, will be the Sperry Tournament. They went from a week-long tournament to now just a weekend tournament. And then there'll be the uh, Christmas break. And then coming back on January 9th, Grove Ridge Runners will be in action at home. They'll play against the Claremore Zebras. We play a lot of 5A teams this year. But uh, anyhow, that's the sports schedules and uh, the scores we have for Grove Varsity Basketball. So that's going to be it for this portion of the Ridge Runner Sports Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm glad you're with us. We appreciate you listening. And be sure to stay tuned next for our first ever In Focus program. It's going to be covering the F4 fighter plane out at the Grove Airport. So until we see you next time, this is Mike saying goodbye. God bless y'all and we hope you're having a great happy holiday season. So until we see you next Monday, it's bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Ridge Runner Sports Podcast. Well hello everybody. This is Mike and welcome to In Focus. In Focus is a special presentation of the Ridge Runner Sports Podcast. Every now and then, we'll be presenting these In Focus special podcasts about things going on or people that we know in our Grove and Grand Lake area. These things and people we thought you might want to hear about and to get to know these people and things a little more in depth. For our premiere edition, 
we're going to be talking about something that came to Grove just last year and is located east of town out at the Grove Airport. And it's called the F-4 Phantom uh, Military Plane. The plane is currently on display in front of the Farrah uh, Aviation Building, again, out at the airport. And uh, if you haven't been out to see this thing, it's really kind of neat. So for the next few minutes, I thought we would sit here and discuss this and give you guys an opportunity to check it out someday. All right, so let me explain basically what the, what the plane is and what it's all about. The F-4 Phantom was built by McDonnell Douglas uh, Aviation. Now, it ranks among the most important military aircrafts in the history of the United States Armed Forces. Uh, she proudly served her country from, from uh, the theaters of Vietnam to Iraq. This plane is considered sleek and powerful. It's a supersonic jet fighter. Uh, and it inspired everyone who actually saw this thing in action. The first F-4 Phantom took flight in 1958, and it quickly set 25 different world records in categories such as speed, reaching Mach 2.6, and also in altitude. Now, the aircraft's impressive performance was attributed to uh, the design and, and, and other things. It was so like that the Navy, Air Force, and Marine Corps all flew the F-4 Phantom. There are nearly 5,200 of these planes. Now, they were mainly built from 1958 to 1981. And it made that the most produced American supersonic military aircraft ever. After entering service, the F-4 was swept away from uh, the glory of record-breaking flights and was put into combat in its first theater in Southeast Asia. During the Vietnam War, the Phantom was a successful bombing at bombing in uh, enemy positions. And um, they used this mainly uh, uh, in the Vietnam War uh, when they were fighting uh, along with the MIGs in Vietnam. They provided close air to ground support for those troops. Now, after Vietnam had ended, the F-4 fighters continued to serve the U.S. military forces around the world. The next major operation after that was Operation Desert Storm, where the F-4G, or known as the Wild Weasel Phantoms, carried out strategic strikes against uh, the Iraqi military installations. In 96, nearly 40 years after the, uh, its inception, F-4s were retired from the world of combat. The Air Force flew the last of these on December 21st of 2016. So, that's a little bit about the Phantom. So, let's tell you exactly where the Phantom is located, as I said before, and the uh, the synopsis of, I can't even talk today, of why it's there. Now, Farrah Aviation and Grove donated this property where the plane is currently located. Now, this is adjacent to the, its own facility where it's perched on a permanent display. The company will provide long-term general maintenance, surveillance, lighting, and overflow parking for weekend F-4 events. Also part of the plane is an eye-level static display 
offloads the landing gear. The F-4 itself honors those whose lives have been touched by the Phantom as well as those who seek to achieve their aspirations for as long as a person who imagines what has not yet been accomplished. This aircraft will be in the minds and hearts of present and future generations. So let's talk about this plane itself. The plane's basic dimensions and, and everything. So let's talk about the history of this plane. The plane itself made its first flight on October 10th, 1972. She entered service with the 4th Tactical Fighter Wing at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina. She had remained there for around seven years. Before moving in 79, she would go to, uh, I'm going to try this name because it's German, it's Spogdalum, Spogdalum Air Base in Germany. Now, at the time while this plane was there, it received several serial numbers, including 71-0247 and 71-1247. This plane returned back to the United States in 1988, and it was assigned to the 37th TFW at, uh, wing at, George Air, at the George Air Force Base in California. The mission of the 37th was to provide pilot transition training for the F-4G Wild Weasel plane. In 1988, the operations at this base were phased down, and all the aircraft were transferred to the 35th TFW in 89. In March of 1990, 247 was removed from service and parked in an aircraft maintenance and storage facility at the Davis Monaghan Air Force Base in Arizona. While at Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico, they needed a ground trader, and this 247 plane was selected. She was assigned to the Crash Damage or Disabled Aircraft Recovery Program, or CDDAR, and it did that until July 1985. Uh, remaining F-4s were mostly target drones, but over the years, new, new number 247 was also used as a floater. A floater means that's an airplane that hangs up in a display, such as a museum. It does not have a fixed home or a base, though, but it just hangs in the air. In 2017, this plane was collecting dust at a hangar at the Holloman Bay Air Force Base, awaiting donation through the GSAX uh, Access SASP program. Now, let me tell you about some of the plane specifications. This current plane has a wingspan of 38 feet 5 inches, length of 63 inches, height 16 feet 6 inches, empty weight, that's not with bombs and crew and everything, just the plane itself, 29,535 pounds. It can have a maximum weight of 61,651 pounds. Power plants on the plane are 217,900 pounds per thrust after burning GE or General Electric J79 GE 15 turbo jets. Armaments on the plane 120 millimeter, one, or I'm sorry, 112, let me try this again, 120 millimeter M61A1 rotary cannon with four AIM spar uh, seven sparrow missiles or 3,020 pounds of weapons under the fuselage. That means the body of the plane. 
up to 12,980 pounds of various weapons on underwing pylon. It can fly a crew of two. And for its performance, its maximum speed is 1,485 miles per hour, or Mach 2.25, at 40,000 feet. Its service ceiling is 62,250 feet, and it has a range of only 1,100 miles. It does not have a very long range. So the range on it is just not as long as, as all that. Now, let's talk about how the plane got to grow as far as support for the plane. Well, it was mainly the idea of one organization, and that was the Rotary Foundation, or the Rotary Club. They wanted to save this plane. They wanted to have this plane for the community where people could look at it and be proud of it. So the Grove Rotary Foundation, which is part of the Grove... Uh, Rot uh, which is part of Rotary, decided to start a, found, uh, a fund drive. And this fund drive was held to do this over many years. In fact, it, people don't realize how much it costs to, to do stuff like this. Well, it costs $15,000 for the initial site preparation. It was another $45,000 for disassembling, transporting, and reassembling the F-4 here in Grove. The aircraft had to be taken apart at Holloman Air Force Base, transported to Oklahoma, and then reassembled here. And then it was another $40,000 for the development of the rest of the site, including information areas, sidewalks, benches, gardens, etc. So, it, is, it does cost a lot of money to get this here. I mean, people don't realize the cost. By the way, if you would like to contribute to the continuing upkeep of the plane, you may do so by contacting Dave Helms at 918-786-4646 or Pete Norwood at 918-791-1215. You, you can contribute anything you want. Uh, there are certain levels, like you can be a pilot for a dollar up to a hundred dollars, and then you go all the way up to 20000 or more, or you're a wing commander. So uh, call those nice people at the Rotary. If you want to donate, donate to the plane, and you certainly can do that. I'm sure you can, and uh, they would do that. In fact, I haven't been out to look at the plane yet, but I'm going to go sometime. And i got to tell you, it's a fascinating thing. And uh, the Rotary Club, in fact, is sponsoring this, and, of course, Farrah is donating the grant. So whenever you get a chance, go out to the Farrah building out there at the Grove Airport. That's, a, that's east of the high school, east of town. And check it out. It's something about Grove in the Grand Lake area I think you all will like, especially if your visitor's coming into town and you've never seen it. So check it out. The F-4 Phantom at the Grove Airport and right in front of the Farrow Building. So this has been our premiere edition of In Focus. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to this premiere edition of In Focus from the Ridge Runner Sports Podcast. Bye for now.